You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman. And I'm Charles Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week, we are joined by a special guest, Alan Seiler of Modern Musicology. But first, Chuck, what's happening in the world of the monkeys? Actually, they just made some big announcements. I mean, one thing that monkeys fans have been waiting for for a long time is the headquarters Super Deluxe Edition. And they've announced that it's coming out. Actually, as you're hearing this, it's just recently gone on presale and uh, it'll be out uh, November the 18th. So just uh, just under two weeks from now. It's very exciting. I, I can't wait to have my hands on this and yeah. see all the, or see, we'll see all the stuff that's in it and read all the stuff that's in it, which is also in the giant book we have, but the giant book is very daunting and this is nice <laughs> and concise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then hear all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it's, um, let's see, it's got four CDs wow. and a 45 uh, single. I'm excited about the 45. 45 is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yes. They always do that. They put the, the 45 in there with some unreleased tracks and I actually have like someone sent me one time, um, like MP3s of all the 45 <laughs> singles that they ripped. So I have them all digitally, but it's just cool to have a 45. Yes. And this will yeah. be our first uh, Monkey Super Deluxe Edition. We don't have any of the others. Oh, yay. So. This will be my not first. <laughs> right. Well, now, I, I'm too much of a collector. So now I'm going to have to hunt down and pay the exorbitant prices to get the rest of them. I am. Uh, I am missing a few. I don't have all of them, but. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, yes, it is. I, and it, it's exciting. I mean, there's monkeys releases all the time now. It seems like our monkeys related releases because seven, eight is just a great job, but it's a big release from Rhino. Yeah. Like a, like a, you know, it's not run out groove. It's not Friday music. It's not seven, eight records. It's an actual from the people who control the monkeys catalog. So yeah. I hope people support it. I hope it does well. Uh, yes. Because I want them to continue doing things, you yes. know, well, whatever it is, you know, like, like, um, you know, though there's recently the Beatles uh, recently uh, Beatles, but the people controlling the Beatles recently released the you know reissue of uh, Revolver, which is amazing. I've been going through it. Um, so I, I, I'd love to have more stuff from the monkeys, whether it's, you know, something like a big release like this, like a reissue, or even if it's just compilations, just keeping them in stores and keeping them in people's minds, I think is just great. Yeah. And, you know, keeping those songs, uh, coming out of people's speakers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the other piece of big news is, um, is Mickey's new tour, which is a headquarters themed, uh, tour coming up in april which is is fun it says uh you know it's the monkeys celebrated by mickey dolan's performing selections from headquarters plus all the hits and classic tracks i'm excited yeah Uh, i love i love going to see mickey in concert it i'm more excited about this than i am about the headquarters release because um i wonder if he's going to be doing um headquarters stuff on the a flower power cruise. I would think so because it would probably be what it was this past year when we saw him on the Beach Boys cruise, and it was sort of a truncated version of the big show he did. Yeah, we went immediately. I mean, you go back to our episode. We we watched him on the cruise, and then and a few days later, we went up and and saw him uh, doing the Mickey Dolan celebrates the monkeys. But I would expect this to be the same thing because this kicks off the day after we get back. Which my first thought when I looked at the list of concerts was it goes Florida, Florida, Virginia, and I was like, ah. 
they skipped us, <laughs> you know. But um, then our buddy Derek Miner pointed out that um, he's gonna be in Florida, and I looked at the dates again, and I was like, wow, that's we're actually back to port on the Flower Power cruise on the thirty first, and then he's gonna be two dates in Florida that weekend, and I don't have to be back at work till Monday. So I think that we're gonna adjust our plans and make a detour. You know, if he's going from the cruise ship to the concert, maybe we can just hitch a ride. We're trying to figure out how to get there. Yeah, like uh, find Jody. I'm sure she's gonna be there somewhere and be like, "Hey, Jody, we'll just stand by <laughs> the road." How are you getting there? Yeah, we'll stand by the road with you know my Nez hat and your poncho with the yeah. sign. It's like Mickey or bust, you know, and see if the bus stops and gets us. <laughs> it, would, it would probably be more like the Muppet Show where we'd be holding our suitcases and running after them. Hey yes. guys, wait for me. <laughs> picturing, I was picturing the Muppets. Yes, right. <laughs> But I think that we're going to, um, as if we're not spending enough money already, I think we're going to try to go <laughs> see Mickey as well. And yeah. well, as we're recording this, it's the first. So the tickets go on sale. Um, this Saturday. Friday, I think. Friday. The fourth. Friday. So we've got a few days to figure it out. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, tickets are on sale. Like you better hurry up and get your ticket because we're yeah. getting your seats already. Yes. You know, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're just not hearing about this, you know, race to your computer and 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 come out and see Mickey, you know, support it. Make um, you know, the more the house. Yes. Huh? Pack the pack house. the house. I said at the house, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Whose house?" I thought surely he could still fill a venue. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, but we should fill the venues because that's how he gets booked. You know, if yep. he d- can't fill a venue, they won't. The bigger venues won't book him, and it's going to get smaller and smaller venues. And that, that sort of happens. But you yeah. know, let's uh, let's pack it out and keep Mickey yeah. Mickey out there and keep him in demand. And you know, hopefully, he'll keep pushing off retirement a little bit longer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And that's all I've got for what's happening in the world of the monkeys. Yay. All right. So we're going to take a quick break to promote our fellow ESO Network podcast show. And when we come back, we will be talking with Alan Seiler of Modern Musicology about Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones Limited. Modern Musicology is a podcast covering topics on rock and pop ranging mostly from the 70s, 80s, and 90s with occasional excursions into the 60s and aughts and even occasionally the 2010s. Anything is fair game. Classic rock, R&B, folk, punk, prog, rap, metal, and way more with two Americans, one Brit, a ton of fun, and a healthy dose of cynicism. This week, we are joined by our special guest, Alan Seiler. Alan, welcome back. What? Who's that guy? <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for welcoming me back. I loved being here the first time, and I'm very, very glad to be here this time. It's been, it, it's a great show, and I've enjoyed listening to it. So I'm always thankful anytime you have me be a part of it. Yay. Well, um, since you are a special guest, would you like to introduce our topic today? Our topic is we're going to be talking and dissecting the fourth Monkeys album, Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones Limited. Yes, indeed. Is that enough? Yeah, there was yes. not a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> I love Pisces. I mean, that's, that's, that's the discussion. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's true. Everyone's probably looking for their notes. I learned I learned <laughs> yeah. today that um, the way the name, how, how the name came around. Does anyone else know how they named this album? Yep. Yes, but go ahead. Um, it's their signs. Mm-hmm. Um, Nesmith and um, 
Jones 80. for both right. um, Capricorn. Capricorns. Capricorns. So Capricorns and Jones. Yeah. I don't know. Wasn't why wasn't Capricorn and Nesmith? I guess that didn't sound as good. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't well, sound you, as good. No. You know, or Capricorns. You you have to have Davy be identified in the title because he's the heartthrob. <laughs> he's the face. He's the sweet one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even then, I think Davy Jones was more independently famous than That's the true. others were. That's true. You know? He was certainly known before the series began, right? Yeah. And even after the series started, he was. Um, like he was, I don't know. I always, my impression is just that Davy was always the most famous one, you know, um, yeah. in more of the teen magazines. Um, right. You know, I knew his name long before I knew the other guys' names before I was big into the monkeys. I knew who Davy Jones was, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So, I mean, first impressions. Does everybody hate this album? No. God, no. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. I love Pisces. This is like peak monkeys for me. Yes. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, like I, I like to say that Headquarters is the most important Monkeys album, but Pisces is the best Monkeys album. Okay. And this whole yeah. period is so crucial because this is them taking creative control over what they produce musically and what goes into the show. Mm-hmm. So yep. this is them, you know, this is them making a statement. This is an, as, as honest a representation of who they are as they can as they can make. Yeah. Yeah. Then I think they learned from doing headquarters. Mm-hmm. I mean, for one, it's a lot of work to make a TV show and yeah. an album at the same time. Yeah. Right. Play all the you instruments. Know? Right. Yeah. Like like mo- most people who are making a TV show 12 hours a day or 15 hours a day or however long a day it is, don't then go record an album afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No. Yeah, um, totally. But also, I think that, that they could still have the creative control and the creative expression. Mm-hmm. They don't have to play every note on the album themselves to prove it's them. You know, like a, a lot of bands have people playing on their albums who aren't them. Yeah. Right. I was the standard, despite what people mm-hmm. decided to think. And I think that headquarters made that statement. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't think that they, you know, necessarily needed to repeat it again. And especially when at this point, season two is heavily in production. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do. Right. Yeah. And even though, you know, it's, it's mostly populated by session musicians and, you know, crafted by outside writers, it's still under the direction of the four guys. Mm-hmm. They're right. still the ones calling the shots. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they and like you mentioned, there's they don't have a whole lot of songwriting credits on here, but a lot of the folks who do are like people who were friends with Michael Nesmith and people yeah. who they knew and people exactly. who they liked, you know. Exactly. Um, so I mean, I think it's 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 a perfect blend for me of the monkeys input and then bringing other people in as well, where the first two albums was too much one way and headquarters arguably too much the other way that, mm. that I don't want to start that debate, but I mean, I think this one hits right in the sweet spot where, I mean, you can, it's, it's still a monkey's album. If fast Eddie Ho is playing the drums, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, we've, we've never done these track by track, but you want to start with favorites, least favorites opinions. I mean, what do you uh, want to do? let's, let's start with favorites. Okay. Elaine, what was your favorite? Oh, that's like picking your favorite child. Um, right. That is really difficult to do. Um, well, I, I think I will go with this song because it may be like my favorite monkey song, period. Maybe just because it's just a really good song, but Pleasant Valley Sunday. Another Pleasant Valley Sunday. Sunday. Chocolate. 
Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to pick too, which yeah. I thought about <laughs> trying to have like the most creative choice I could think of, but like Pleasant Valley Sunday just like leaps off the record. <laughs> it, it is, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's one of those, like the, the standard monkey songs everybody knows, like I'm a believer, daydream believer. Mm-hmm. I can listen to Pleasant Valley Sunday over and over and over and not get tired of it. Mm-hmm. Some other ones, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm, can we go to a new, a different monkey song, but Pleasant Valley Sunday, I'll listen to it that's on all day long so right yeah yeah and it's interesting that's the um only mickey dolan's well that and daily nightly which mm-hmm. um th- th- those are the only two that he's the lead on yeah, and, and, i mean i would argue maybe words is a co-lead but yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. it's um considering how mickey heavy the first two albums especially mm-hmm. were, right that, yeah. i mean you don't hear a lot of him on side one of this record <laughs> no. no no i mean th- this record is so nesmith Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, I think, the dominant force on this album. And yep. that's, yeah. that's like, if I had to pick a second favorite, it would be any of Nesmith's song. Pick one, Door in the mm-hmm. Summer, and What Am I Doing Hanging Around, Salesman, I, I Love Is Only Sleeping. Pick any one of those. That can be the second favorite. I, yeah. And, I can't and, pick one of those. <laughs> and, and Mickey was doing the harmony vocals on so many of those. Yeah. Um, so it was almost like Mickey was on every single one anyway. And that's one of the things I really like about this album is you can hear um, a lot of the monkeys together mm-hmm. um, and obviously singing together. And it's not like, here's a Mickey song. Here's a Mike song. Here's a Davey song. And there's a lot more collaboration. I mean, there was in headquarters as well, but I feel like it stands out more in this one. Mm. Alan, what was your favorite? <sighs> Everything that doesn't have an alliteration of a P. <laughs> does that make sense? It does. Okay, good. And and there, that's not exactly true. I am not a huge fan of Cuddly Toy. Okay. Other than that, this album is as close to perfect as you can get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is just a strong collection of material, like mm-hmm. very little weak moments on this whole record. And even something that I wouldn't normally gravitate toward, like uh, Don't Call On Me, is mm-hmm. phenomenal. I mean, yep. it is a mm-hmm. great song. It's so beautiful. It's it's something that casts Nesmith in a very different role than we really have heard him before until this point. And, and it's just terrific. So even mm-hmm. that one that I normally would think, uh, you know, that's okay. It just grabs me. Don't call What Bronco was saying, you know, that, you know, how distinct you could hear all the monkeys. I thought that same thing as I was, I was re-listening to this a couple of times this week, just in preparation for this. And just yeah. even on the background vocals, it really uh-huh. makes a difference when you can hear, you can hear Mike you can, on, on a song that were, you know, Mickey singing lead and you can hear Dave, you can hear the individual voices, I think yep. really clearly. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's missing in the first two albums where you have sort of generic background singers. Exactly. Um, whereas here it's like, oh, that's. You know, I maybe I don't know if I noticed it or just forgot. But there, there's Mike singing there, and there's Davy singing there. You know, it's yeah. it's. Uh, I think yeah. that really adds to the feel of it being a monkey's record. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Davy's voice stands out so clearly in the bridge of Pleasant Valley Sunday, for instance. Oh yeah, and it yeah. just makes it feel like a like a, a a greater whole. It makes you feel like a cohesive album, right? Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, when we've watched Mickey live. 
there's some songs where you're like, do I hear Daisy? <laughs> um, and Pleasant Valley Sunday is one of them. And I'm blanking yeah. on the um, background Alex, singer. Alex Jules Alex is Jules. the keyboardist. He has a very high voice. And yes. I think oh, he yeah. intentionally pues a little Davy inflection into it. Because yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people. Where they're like, I swear I heard Davy. Yeah. But I mean, you do expect to hear it, though. I mean, your brain it, yeah. sort of fills in the gaps. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Peter got. He didn't get a lead. He got sort of a a, a secondary lead. What you call it? You're the Alan. You're the you're the musicologist. You tell mm-hmm. me. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, he he gets that that. I mean, it it is a secondary lead. It's a counter yeah. melody, but it has like you know its own lyric that goes mm. to it. So I think it's a co lead vocal, really. Okay. And 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 it's on words, and of course, a phenomenal song. Yeah. Voice and heart. So you know you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Right. Stop, but there's no denying Love with you, girl, is just like dying. But but Mickey and Peter sound so good on it, and it's so good to hear Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, like we didn't get anything really in the first two records. No, I mean well, the second one we got anti Griselda. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's I mean, true, but and that's but something a, I've said probably every time we've done this is that the Beatles did a great job of. Yes. Having Ringo songs that suit him and put him in a good light. And then we were, I mean, we just saw Ringo recently and I mean, it's, it's great that he's got like yellow submarine and Uh (laughs) songs like that. A little help my friends in his back pocket. When when you do go solo, he can throw out a Beatles song that he sang the lead on. And that's something that Peter never really had. I mean, he had anti Griselda is, um, I mean, anti Griselda is no yellow submarine to be honest, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Well, you got a point there. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't go to a concert and then break out uh, Peter. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to mess it up. Peter Percival Patterson's Pet Pig Porky. That's not one that uh, I mean it's cute, and it, I like yeah. when there's little silly tracks on Monkey's albums. I've said uh-huh. that before, yeah. and I like that you get to hear. Uh, I mean, Peter doing something. I mean, I know he's doing a lot instrumentally, but it's hard to listen to. That's right. A, you know, uh, a keyboard and think, oh, that's that's Peter. You know what I mean? Even though yeah. you have, like, even though you know it is. I was going to say, I just think that they could have given him more vocally I, to do. I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree. Well, what about what about uh, least favorites? Oh, I kind of you, you kind of spoiled yours, but go ahead. Yeah, cuddly toy. <laughs> Okay. It's just, it's just so saccharine, you know, mm. it's just, I mean, the, 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 the thing about it is that it's actually a, a pretty well-written song. Mm-hmm. It's got such a catchy melody that it f- gets stuck in my head. It's <laughs> insidious. Right. And, and it's like a song that you don't like that gets stuck in your head. Ugh, it's the worst, <laughs> but, and it's not bad. It's not a bad song. It's just. You know, that that typical Davy thing that I just don't really get into. And everywhere else on this album, Davy is fantastic. Yeah. I'm just not that big on cuddly toy. Okay, so let me ask a question. Right. Um, I, I know I know a pretty good bit about this album, but I, you know, I know that you guys know more than I do. So <laughs> I'm just wondering if so the story behind cuddly toy. It was written by Harry Nilsson. Mm-hmm. Harry comes in and basically he sits the boys down and he's like, hey, I've got these songs. Tell me which ones you would like to use. And they and he plays them all these songs and they say, we'll have that one, that one about the toy. And he's like, OK, do is there is it known what other songs it was that he presented to them? Like anything that he may have recorded himself that's been said 
this originally started as a pitch for the monkeys, but they didn't take it and he recorded it. Do we know? Yeah, there there was a lot of songs. There was for a long time. There was a lot of them that were on YouTube where it's like a series of demos that he was doing with Chip Douglas and um, some songs that he did on his own there. I think they pulled them off YouTube because now there's like a a Harry Nilsson demos album on Spotify where you can listen to a lot. There's one called Signs that I don't think he ever did this kind of a a little Bob Dylan sounding. Yeah, Chip, you haven't heard this one. It's called Signs. Some people say the world is a blowing up. But as for myself, well, I think it's grown up. That's really a really groovy song, man. Did you like that? But there's a lot of there's a lot of songs on there that he did uh, that he demoed, and some that they like several that they recorded. Yeah, and um, he was he was background vocals on at least one song. Right, but I mean, even like uh, Good Times, they just recently completed, and that was from that same sort of era when he came in. That was one of the uh, um, so there was a, and there was like the history of rock and roll and. Um, hmm. Oh, now I'm going to forget the guy's name, but there's one about like a, a popular singer who's now working in a dive bar and it sort of follows the life of his progression, but I'm blanking on the name of that song. It has the character's name in the title, okay. but there's, I, there's a bunch of them, but um, I, I like Cuddly Toy. It's sort of, um, it's the the sort of song that I really gravitate toward because it sounds like, like I like, like, a, like a sugary, like sugar, sugar kind of a right. pop song, but then you find out more, listen to more lyrics and it's, it's got like sort of dark overtones and sort of cynical, <laughs> satirical. Yeah. Yeah, which I, which know, I that, like. I mean, there's a lot of monkey true. songs that have that. And I think that that Cuddly Toy uh, does that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Elaine? What's your least favorite? Least favorite is probably hard to believe. It's hard to believe that you could ever doubt me. It is a good Davy song, but it's not like the rest. Yeah, you and I are like, eye to eye on this thing <laughs> you're making you i don't I'm mind calling on you <laughs> and I, I don't mind peter percival patterson pet pig porky because me and my sister would have contest like to see who could say it right and who could pop the, like really go you know and so you know it was we we had fun with that one so i don't mind that one yeah i don't mind that one either it's short and it's silly and then like Pleasant it's Valley done. Sunday explodes out of it yeah. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's great. That's your reward for listening right. to 27 <laughs> seconds of Peter. Mm-hmm. Going to it's it's almost like when they used to do a cartoon short before a movie. You know, you yes. have a little bit of a little bit of silliness and then now the main attraction, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Veronica? I That's what I was going to say was hard to believe. Wow. Yeah. Not a lot of hard to believe fans. That's the Davies uh, <laughs> writing credit on this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. I think it's just the weakest, the weakest song on the album. Right, yeah, I, right. I, I personally enjoy Cuddly Toy over that. Yeah, but mm, um, interesting. Well, of, it's, a, of all it's okay of them, that those... you're all wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think "Hard to Believe" is a great song. I mean, I don't okay. think it, I don't think it stands out like some of the other ones do, but I, I yep. think it's a good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and and it, I don't think it has that that deceptively saccharine tone mm. that cuddly toy has sure yeah but, but you know that's yeah i don't think we, i mean that's i don't why we do shows like this because if right. we all said the same thing it would be a <laughs> dumb discussion right that's why we have you alan because we apparently all agree <laughs> <laughs> glad to be of service <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think there's a bad song on this album so it's no. when you when yeah. i say it's my least favorite i don't hate hard to believe i'm you not know? gonna like right. change the right. channel if it yeah i don't on. flip it when it comes gonna, on it's gonna play but i'm not gonna seek it out it's not like laugh laugh i'll hit skip 
Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Hard to 100%. believe. 100%. I like laugh. I know you do. <laughs> I well, like all the, I, I like I like the really bad ones and hard to believe not a really bad one. So. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, and you're talking about the Nesmith leads and mm. I mean, he's just got a, a he didn't write all these songs, but he's got a great run of songs that I presume that he was involved in selecting. You know, all the, some of these guys were friends of his that he'd worked with mm-hmm. before and things yeah. like that. I was going to say there were two uh, Carol King and Jerry Goffin songs on there. OK. Yep. Yep. Craig Vincent Smith was a friend of his. They were in a band together. Nez produced Craig's one or two albums of his. So mm-hmm. that is definitely a connection. He was friends with Michael Martin Murphy. Mm-hmm. And that's how, and of course, what am I doing hanging around? Sounds like a Nesmith song. It does. He, he picked it yeah. because it sounds like the kind of thing he would write. What am I doing hanging around? I should be on that train and gone. Going on to side one, though. Okay, so he has three songs on side one, Salesman, which I absolutely love. Yes. That might be one of my favorite. And it, and it's it's very lightweight. It's not really a throwaway song, but I, I just love it. Salesman, where you going to go sell all of your goods today? But yeah. the two possibly best tracks on the whole album and that's saying something because this is a darn good album door into summer and love is only sleeping Mm -hmm. yes both of those fit nesmith's voice and his style so incredibly well oh yeah so i know that he selected those because you know, I didn't write these, but it's going to sound like I wrote these. And mm-hmm. Love is Only Sleeping is such a interesting song. It's so weird because it's, you know, and, and originally it wasn't on the album because it was going to be released as a as a single. Right. And mm-hmm. they right. Uh, they you they decided to include it and put out Daydream Believer instead. It's so weird because it's like the whole, all the verse is in seven, four, which is a asymmetric time signature and it feels off kilter. And it feels like, especially in the lead in to uh, when the verse starts, it's like, where, where is my downbeat? Where is the one of the measure, you know? And, and I think it might not have worked as well as a single. I mean, certainly you can't top daydream believer. I mean, no, no. right. But mm-hmm. they made the right call with that, but what an odd choice to think, Hey, this should be our, our follow-up single after pleasant Valley comes out. The next one should be love is only sleeping because it's bizarre. Nesmith would do that kind of thing he would write stuff that had asymmetric time signatures and things Mm -hmm. like that and things that would trip you up and and it so it just has that Nesmith feel to it you know yeah yeah and it's got such a good melody and it's got an amazing harmonies to it I I think it might be the best monkey song period wow Right. Okay. I can go with that. That is saying a thing right there because it's on the same album as Pleasant Valley Sunday. And that is a darn good song. Yeah. That might be my favorite Carol King song ever. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
I mean, and that lady can write a song, right? Oh yeah. But but that one, I just think is everything about it. It it has kind of a Beatles quality to it to me. Mm. It sounds like one of those Paul McCartney slice of life kind of songs, Mm -hmm. you know. And and it just paints this picture of this rural community and the people that live in it, and it is just amazing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and it and it has that sort of thing I was talking about, where it's. I mean, it's about like you're going crazy in suburbia, you know, yeah. like, like the, the, the monotony of it. And I think about that sometimes like going, like I pull into a neighborhood and now the houses look the same. You know what I mean? I think <laughs> yeah. about it, it, it's one of those things that still works and, you know, wanting a more exciting and more interesting life. And but it's one that you can sing at the top of your lungs, you know, exactly. Which, yeah. not every great song you can sing at the top of your lungs. Some <laughs> songs are more like you sit and appreciate and ponder. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But, but this is a song where you can just crank it and just yell it out the window. Yeah, absolutely. Like something like the porpoise song is a little harder to do that. Uh, just as the first example that came <laughs> to my head, you know, because, because just because of the construction of the song, you know, where this supposed to be like Sunday, I think just works better for that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. So can I talk about another Nesmith song? Please. Yeah. yeah. This, is right one, this is one that surprised the heck out of me when I first discovered that. And this was, this goes years back when I first discovered that Nesmith wrote it blew me away daily, nightly. Mm. does I'm, not sound like a Nesmith song. I did not know he wrote that until recently-ish. Yeah. And so I was like going, wait, what? Oh, yeah. okay, already. You know, I was, I was, it surprised me too. Yeah. I think more because of the the production and the presentation of the song, though. I think mm-hmm. the lyrics seem very much like the sort of thing Nesmith would write. That's sort of mm-hmm. that tapioca tundra type of lyrics where you're not mm-hmm. sure if you're just saying random words or if there's a <laughs> meaning inside there. You know what I mean? But then you find yeah. out what it means and it all sort of clicks into place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's not. It's like a psychedelic song. You know, it's, right. it's not oh, produced like like a Nesmith song. And yeah, I love Daily Nightly. Oh, I do too. It's, it's one of my. Another one of the possibly best monkey songs ever, yeah, ever right. recorded. <laughs> right. And of course, he he wrote it about the 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 riots that happened mm-hmm. on Sunset Strip. Right. You know, which if you if you read up on that, it's the it's really interesting. It's like it's like the city is trying to do something about all the dirty, smelly hippies that are just running around downtown, going right. to their rock and roll music clubs and being a nuisance, and they try to you know quash that a bit they put in mm-hmm. curfews and um to the point where the city council bought one of the bars in order to shut it down in order to <laughs> oh, get that, rid of it i mean that's right. insane yeah. that is going to extremes and so the dirty smelly hippies fought back yeah you know yeah. because their civil rights are being trampled on Right. Right. Yeah. So it's a fascinating song about Mm -hmm. a really fascinating thing, you know, that happened in San Fran. And it's great. And for some reason, the Whiskey A Go Go, that's like the big club in on the strip. Mm -hmm. They they forced the club to change its name to the Whisk. (laughs) What is the point of that? (laughs) Like, like, how does that accomplish anything? Right. Nothing. Yeah. Wacko. So. (laughs) And that's. 
and that's something that was on the monkey's minds at the time. There's a segment in the show where they're talking about it, like to camera out of character, one of the little out of character sec- segments oh, at yeah, the end of the episode, right? Where they're talking about those riots. Um, yeah, or, that's right. I you forgot know, about or, that. or as they call them, not riots, like more of a demonstration, you know? <laughs> yeah. First, tell me a little bit what quickly, what are the demonstrations and who's taking place in them? Well, it's mostly the kids um, that are uh, from the ages of around 15 to, I'd say, 20 or 21. Uh, under 18, it's a California law that uh, you're not able to go into a teenage nightclub uh, that sells uh, alcoholic beverage. There's a 10 o'clock curfew imposed on these young people that, uh, uh, regardless of whether it's uh, a good thing or a bad thing, uh, they still don't like it. And I think it probably has a lot to do with the fact that uh, uh, of somebody telling them they have to be in by 10 o'clock. Um, that's sort of the same thing as saying that they have to cut their hair. You know, I mean, it's it's against the law to tell somebody they can do that. Which would you like to see all me. the kids in the country wearing hair like yours? I would like to see all the kids in the country wearing the hair like they'd like to wear it. You know, people were not happy about the young people, and young people were not happy about the old people, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's hilarious, because now those same young people are unhappy about Today's young people. <laughs> that's, that's the way it always goes. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't and, get it. And what's so interesting to me about that whole thing is that the monkeys originally were supposed to be the family-friendly face mm-hmm. of the counter. I don't want to call it the counterculture because they weren't supposed to represent the counterculture. They were supposed right. to represent the music-loving youth who were the nice guys. And here mm-hmm. they are writing in support of the people who rioted. Uh, right. uh, because of their civil rights. And I, I just think that's so fascinating that by the time you get to a second season, they have really changed who they are, be, you mm-hmm. know, and, and who they're presenting themselves to be. And I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah. 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 They're part of that age group and they care about oh, what's yeah. going on and they've got a platform. So exactly. I love that they're able to use it and to get their voices out. You know? Exactly. I remember there's a segment on the show where someone asked Mike Nesbitt, well, do you think all young people should have their hair like yours? And he was like, I think they should have their hair how they want to have it. Right. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> right. that's the point. Right. He's like, what, why, why would I want them to all have their hair like mine? That's right. Stupid. Why are you being, why, why would you ask that? Right. I mean, that's just as, <laughs> that's just as much forced conformity as mm-hmm. telling them they have to have short hair. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, Daily Night is great. What, uh, what do we think about the Moog synthesizer? It's used pretty heavily on two of the tracks in this album. It's pretty amazing. I love it. Yeah. And um, Mickey owned one of the first 20 Mm -hmm. that were made. Right. Yep. Do we know? I I don't know this. Do we know how he came across this, how he found it and what it was that uh, that attracted him to it? I I do. I I don't have that information. (laughs) I've heard the story about how we bought it and how we sold it. But now I I don't remember who to who and to who. I'm sure I heard it too, but I just, yeah. it's been so long that I don't recall that at all. I'm sure so. it ties into like the, when we were talking about one of the, the month dimension episode where he was tinkering around building this thing. I think he just liked electronics and tinkering and that would have been a new electronic type toy to yeah. play with. And so that probably, yeah. you know, well, and also the wanted they- it. He's young and artistic and very wealthy and in the scene, you know, like he's got yes. the connections and the interests, the same sort of thing where he, you know, saw um, Jimi Hendrix at a club and wanted him to come open for the monkeys, you know, like they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're not just um, showing up to do the TV show. Like they're interested in this stuff and they're, they're pursuing yeah. their sort of artistic passions and they have the money to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Uh, but I think it works great. As Daily Nightly in particular, I think it works good as a star collector too, but I think it works with a very trippy feel of Daily Nightly very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I- I'm guessing that you like the album mix as opposed to the alternate mix that doesn't have the Moog in it. Yeah, I mean, I like both, but I, I, like I do the, too. Yeah. I do too. But you miss something when you don't have that Moog. Yeah. Yeah. It's spacey, you know? I'm going to start like you're spacey too. But um, yeah, it's it's like, a, you know, it's one of those like where I, I bet there's more in this song if I was on drugs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm, I know I'm missing something. <laughs> wow. Uh, we do not funny. condone drugs, just so everybody knows. No. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I was going to, um, the song Don't Call on Me, that mm-hmm. was written by Michael Nesmith and John London, but that's another song that I don't know that was written by Mike, because it is sort of, a, it's a little different than some of his other ones, and I don't know if it's because the piano playing at the beginning, which was done by Bob Rafelson, or mm-hmm. it like it just has a, like a lounge singer quality kind of mm-hmm. to the well, song. I mean, so deliberate. I like there... it, though. I like it a lot, but it is. Yeah, yeah, because they like add the ambiance in the beginning, like you're in a lounge yeah. <laughs> listening yeah. to it, yeah. you know. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not an accident that it sounds like a lounge singer song, you know. <laughs> yeah, and Nez uses a, a completely different quality of his voice than you normally hear mm-hmm. on a monkey song, and and it's surprising, and I think it works so well. It does. Yeah. and yeah. you know, I used to dismiss that song just mm-hmm. you know out of hand because it's like, okay, well, that's kind of bland and you know slow and. I like up-tempo Rocky kind of things. So let's get back. And, you know, once you, once you actually pay attention to it, it's, it's really, really good. And his uh, vocals are just gorgeous on that. Yes, Mm -hmm. they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think all the guys, I mean, Peter, the least again, at least vocally. um, But I think all the guys are really well represented on this. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, the, I think the Davy songs are some of the best collection of Davy songs that, we've had you know the the first two albums the davy songs are tend to be a little tougher ones to get through you know um but i mean here i sort of you found this the, the sort of i mean she hangs out yeah is yeah it's a, yes. it's a great song it's just a Fantastic. great yeah i love that song. um i Yeah, that and then Cuddly Toy. I'm just looking to see to make sure I don't forget one. And then Star Collector. I guess Star Collector. Yeah. 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 Star Collector is great. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I love it. And and they're all songs that just sound like fun songs and they all have sort of different meanings to them and things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, dealing with girls and relationships and. I mean, I guess the story with Cuddly Toy is that it's supposed to be about a, a gangbang, which is what the people say. But I, when I listen to it, I don't hear that. Supposedly, I don't either. I, I, I think um, I read somewhere that um, the person who wrote it was upset that people were thinking that's what it was about. Well, the producer was or the engineer. The, I think you, it was the engineer right. who was upset yeah. about that. But to me, I mean, just what I take from the song without having known anything else about it is that it sounds like someone who's just sort of bitter, you know, mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. that. I don't know. I, I, I know people take the gangbang thing as gospel. But, it, but to me, if that was the intent, it didn't come through the song. No, <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't catch that at all. Right. No. And then Maybe because I is... don't want to. <laughs> right. I don't want my monkeys to be involved in that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah, and then Star Collector, which is about groupies, you know. Right. So it's, um, you know, but I'm sorry, but they're, but but they still all work very well as pop songs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're all very catchy and very upbeat and just fun songs to to play and to listen to. Um, yeah. But there's a little more to them, I think, than some of the some of the earlier stuff. Oh yeah, totally. This yeah. is yeah, th- we're getting into the Abbey Road phase, you know, where right. we've left behind the bubblegum songs about girls and now we're getting into more meaty subject matter and mm-hmm. things with layered meanings and mm-hmm. right you know the parallels are really interesting to me mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's something that sort of like pop culture went through in the late 60s yeah you know 100%. just as as a whole yeah. um but yeah i mean it's uh, pisces is just great we haven't talked about the album cover <laughs> True. i like the cover. album cover <laughs> you're wearing it for those who are listening on the audio podcast right <laughs> on <our> shirt. <laughs> i mean i feel like it's one of the most iconic i feel like it is the most iconic monkeys covers yeah i totally agree with that yeah, yeah i think it's the best album cover they've got yeah yeah i mean obviously i mean we we were inspired chuck was inspired by it for our logo mm-hmm. yeah yeah i, I yeah. took a lot of pisces influence for the logo but yeah it's, and it's great and i love that and now i don't remember the name of the artist but that he felt like they were so famous that you can you don't you can show their silhouettes and half bury the logo mm-hmm. in the flowers mm-hmm. and people just look at it and know who they are you yeah. know yeah. it's the same sort of thing that they would do years later like when I was a kid and the new Batman movie came out and they just did the bat symbol and that was a big thing at the time <laughs> of just doing the bat symbol instead of having the title Batman people's minds fill in the blanks they know what it is you know you don't you don't yeah. have to say Batman the movie coming soon you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and same thing, same thing with the monkeys. They, I mean, at this point, they, they, they was just in a short amount of time, they were just hugely successful. Yeah. Uh, and world famous. Yep. And this was the fourth album in a row to hit number one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the first single, Pleasant Valley Sunday, hit number three. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're cooking with gas, as they say. Yeah, I feel like Pleasant Valley Sunday. I mean, I don't know what it was up against at the time, but I feel like a better song than a number three song. <laughs> oh, yeah. of course, you know? <laughs> of course. And yeah, you know what? We should look and see. I mean, not right now, mm-hmm. but for future reference, I would be very interested to see what it was that was in the top two spots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be interesting. Um, sometimes it's just luck of the draw. It's kind of like when Headquarters True. came out the week before Sergeant Pepper's. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a- it's a good thing it didn't come out a week later. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Pisces, I mean, didn't hang on to number one. And then sort of after Pisces is sort of, it's sort of like the crest, you know, like yeah. we're going over the, the crest of the popularity and things get uh, different and weirder for the monkeys after this. Yeah. Oh boy, that's a yep. truth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk really quickly about the original track list, yeah. which was supposed to open with special announcement Mm-hmm. As a lead in, and then the first track would be "She Hangs Out." That's so weird. And then "Salesman" is is second. Um, right. You know, you can make an argument about whether "Salesman" is the best opening song or not, but I don't think "She Hangs Out" would have been the best opening song. I think it works perfectly as a second song. Mm. Like yeah. that first song, like grabs you, and then the second song, like cements it, like it brings it home. And I think that "She Hangs Out" does that incredibly well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not sure what else I would put in the first position if it wasn't salesman. I don't know, but I wouldn't yeah. put she hangs out first. No, and I don't think special announcement. I think it's cute, but I think it's funny enough to open the album with. No, I don't think you want people to be like, oh, 
as soon as you get out of being like yeah. it's yeah uh, their first reaction to be like huh yeah like if you're gonna put it do like a silly track throw it in the in the in the middle somewhere you know what i mean no, you, right like you wouldn't open the open the album with zilch or peter patterson you know like well that is yeah. true maybe it should have been at the beginning of side two yeah that could you be. know yeah. to yeah. lead into the second batch of songs or something that sure. could have worked yeah yeah uh but yeah i'm, I'm perfectly happy with the track listing they have it, right. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. But originally going down yeah. was on the album. And as a and it was originally the closer on side one. I think mm-hmm. that I would I might have put Star Collector at the end of side one and closed the album with going down because that is a strong song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you is. imagine. I mean, Pisces, as great as it is, had it also included going down, holy mm. smokes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. another. <laughs> That's an unstoppable force well, of nature, right? Well, that's, I was thinking that too. Like, what if, I mean, like if you, if, if hard to believe and don't call on me, we're on this and you had like going down and daydream believer, yes. <laughs> that's like, yeah. like adding Babe Ruth's to your lineup. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's just a killer, killer lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of glad that daydream believer is not on this. And yeah. it's on because birds and bees needed it more than, yeah, yeah, <laughs> than yeah, yeah, yeah. Pisces yeah. did. But yeah, yeah, going down, I wish was on an album because it was that's that's just a great song. And we get round going down, going down. And and that's like the signature Mickey song. Oh yeah. 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 And it should have it should have had a place somewhere on a record. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think it's pretty good that it's like this the side B to Daydream Believer. Yeah, that, that's a good way to release it as well. But yeah, I mean, Mickey still does that in concert. We were oh, just talking yeah. recently about mm-hmm. how great their current version of Going Down is. Yeah, it's just a it's just a great track. Yeah, that's uh, one of those ones that your audience is going to expect to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you it, it, inescapable, right? Just recently on Monkey Mania Radio, they had sort of a special presentation of uh, an interview from Mickey from 2012, mm-hmm. talk, when he's actually talking about his album Remember, but he mentioned Going Down. And he was talking about when she came in with lyrics and he started singing it. And she was like, no, 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 no. I wrote it double time. And he was singing like half time or something. So right. it's like, and it's like, what? Because <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> he's seen it like floating down the river. Like, no, no, no. Right. <laughs> and, and as many words as there are, that would have taken a while to get through. <laughs> right. Yeah. How long is that song? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's great. I mean, it's just this. this it's a great creative spot that they're all in at the point when they make this album. It's a great collaborative spot too. It's not like yeah. hugely ego driven. It's not if I'm not playing the drums and no one plays the drums or anything right. like that, you know, or if I'm not, you know, I mean, Mike only wrote, wrote and co-wrote the two songs on this album, you know, yeah. where before he's putting his hand through walls, trying to get his songs on the albums and trying to have more creative <laughs> control, you know? Right. Right. But I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, it seems to me like looking at it from the outside, 50 plus years later that they're just in a great collaborative place and working with their friends and bringing in professionals. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's just a great environment. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I think it comes through. I think it, the album is, I mean, it's just uh, a, it's fun album to listen to. And this sort of, um, I mean, it just stands, it just stands the test of time. Yeah. And it brings back so many memories too, because there was one song on the album that wasn't used in an episode, but all the other ones were used 
most of them multiple and and which one is it was it a star collector that was used in like five or six Mm -hmm. episodes Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that's Mm -hmm. insane so so you hear these songs and you just visualize all that stuff from the from the second season that you saw it's also interesting and i know that you guys covered this in detail on a previous episode which was fantastic by the way um it's interesting that uh repeats of season one episodes had some of these songs inserted into them Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I, I, it's that that just makes everything completely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's interesting that the way that they would um, swap out songs in the episodes like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and I I think that's cool too. I, it's it's fun to see those alternate versions and see how different songs work, and yep. you know, I think yeah. that's I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so as you know, we're talking about Peter and him not having much of a presence on this album mm-hmm. vocally. He sure. certainly does musically. He does a right. lot of guitar, some bass, a lot of keyboard. So when you look at the credits, you can, you, you're, you're like, Oh yes, that really prominent um, organ part is Peter. And right. once you, once you know all that stuff, you, you're, you hear Peter throughout this whole album, right. but there mm-hmm. isn't any moment like, again, I'm going to say it, one of the greatest monkey songs ever recorded for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so even that he it's not sung by him but you know it's him right I mean, his name is in the title for pizza <laughs> um and that is just an iconic song mm-hmm. so yeah. you know i yeah. just feel like i just feel bad that peter never got a lot of the you know attention and he is a solid musician mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. the best musician in the band mm-hmm. nesmith certainly thought that Peter was a much better guitar player than he is. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. you know, I wish that he had more of a, a presence. Yeah, me too. And as I said, I'm, I'm sure I'll mention that on every album as we go along, <laughs> but it, it's true. I mean, they, they could have yeah. found a song for Peter on every one of them. Exactly. They, 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 where he could have sung lead and been more associated with it. You know, if yeah. you're if you're listening to this on AM radio, you don't know like when Daydream Believer comes on, you don't know that, D- that Peter's playing the piano on it. You know, like yeah. If or if you're a ten year old kid uh, listening to the record, you don't know. You don't. It's just the monkeys, right? But you right. know their voices, um, which you know. So I, I think that they, I think that he missed out, and I think yeah. that that reflects too in this in a solo career because you don't have you don't have those famous songs in your back pocket to go out and sing. You know, I mean, yeah. he, he yeah. can still go out and sing monkey songs, but not sure. ones that he sang lead on the, on the record. Not nearly as many. Yeah. I mean, sure. he's got anti Griselda, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. And when we saw him in 2016, he was doing anti Griselda, which I, I, I don't dislike it. I don't, but I don't know, blame I, him. I would yeah. too. Yeah. In I fact, I would say we're going to do for Pete's sake and I'm going to sing it. Mickey. Right. Yeah. I'm doing it. If my song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's like if, if I had sung lead on like one famous song, I would sing that to everybody I met for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, yes. the gas station singing that song. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And okay. I remember the first time I, I learned, you know, when I, you know, I listened to all, all this stuff. Um, I don't remember exactly. I think I saw most of these things in broadcast in first run. I know I saw a lot of them in like early reruns and stuff like that. Um, But it wasn't until much later that I started to like come back to some of these albums and really start to read liner notes and and dig into some of the stories behind the albums and things like that. And I remember the first time I, uh, I discovered that it was, 
Peter that plays that really fantastic harpsichord solo in Girl That I Knew Somewhere. Right. And I was like, Jesus, this guy is a real <laughs> musician. This guy is solid. Yeah. He yeah. is. A, I mean, he is a player. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean he a player. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, that may have been true as well at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you got groupies and you got gangbangs. You got... <laughs> Their perspectives have changed as they've been monkeys. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's fewer brokenhearted songs. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I didn't expect anybody to come in and be super critical of this album just because it's so great. You know, it's um, like I said, this to me is peak monkeys. It's it's enough of them having creative control and enough of them bringing in other people to work with them um, that I think it works super well. And I don't like there's a reason I think this is. You probably you universally people think that this is the best monkeys album. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And knowing that, you know, where they are in season two production and knowing that they have to, if they want to finish an album, they have to bring other people in to do most of the work. There's still a lot of them playing Mm -hmm. on this album Mm -hmm. a lot more than you might think. Right. So, you know, it's not like they are, absent from it it's not right. like they're off filming a tv show and they just swan in and sing a lead and that's it right they're, you know peter particularly is all over this album oh so, yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it's not the days anymore where he shows up with their with a guitar and they say why do you have that guitar exactly. <laughs> you know <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> okay well any any other closing thoughts about the album before we wrap it up this is the most defaced album that's true. Yes. We're the most faced. <laughs> <laughs> well, we find it all the time at stores and where kids drew faces on the monkeys. And so I always oh. try to buy them when people fill in the the, the monkeys outlines. That's um, funny. Yeah. So I always, I always try to get them when I find that because so, where some kid probably in like 1972 was drawing on the album, you know, or uh, I, I, I think it's fun. Yeah. It or someone's fun. little brother <laughs> inherited their monkeys album. All right, Alan, where can people find more of you on the internet? Well, if you would be interested in hearing me ramble on even more about music, I have a podcast called Modern Musicology, which is me and three of my buddies. Uh, We co-host the show and we talk about all sorts of musical topics. I also have a, a new one that I've just started recently called Alan's Record Bin, which is just me picking a song out of my fairly extensive music collection and just talking about the song what it means to me, why it's in my collection, and then play the song. Um, Only two episodes are out. I got to sit down and and like bust out, you know, four or five more episodes there. It's only like 10 minutes each episode. Um, So, you know, I got, I'm going to get some more out pretty soon. Um, I also have along with Chuck and Veronica, another podcast called earth station Trek. It is all about star Trek as you would guess from the name. (laughs) <laughs> yep how about you elaine you can find me on twitter at monkeying around and on facebook there's yep. a paid monkeying around and then we have a discussion group mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and elaine keeps keeps things lively and both on truth. twitter and in the discussion group yes. so definitely check it out if you are not already uh on <laughs> if you there. if you want monkeys content in your feed then that, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that Elaine's got you covered. Yes. <laughs> Let me know if you want to come work for modern musicology. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. How about us, Chuck? Feltnerdy.com. And? Earth Station Trek, our podcast about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
y'all can't see it, but Alan was doing this weird little thing with his arms. Weird. He's talking about monkeying <laughs> around <laughs> on the Star Monking Trek podcast. Around. Podcast about the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, all right. Thanks for monkeying around. <laughs> Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. It's all over now. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.